0: Yo, this is Russell Jordan, a.k.a. The Prime Artist. You're listening to The Sunday Wire with Patrick Henningsen. Alternate Current Radio.
1: Keep it current. Stay locked. than you did yeah. welcome back welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the Sunday Wire I'm your host Patrick Henningsen we're streaming out live on the alternate current radio network And also at 21 com. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode 251 of this week. The Omnibus News and Analysis Radio Program brought to you here on ACR. I'm here joined in studio with my co-host, editor of the UK column, Mike Robinson. Hello, Mike. Good evening, Patrick. Thank you for joining us again this week, Mike. And uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, Mike, we've got a couple of fantastic guests lined up. uh, And one of those is joining us right now live uh, from Sofia, Bulgaria. Uh, She's an investigative journalist, and you can check out her work. We've got links on the show page to her website, deliana.bg, and also to her documentary film, which was released a couple of weeks ago. Uh, This was aired globally on Al-Mayadeen TV, a Middle East-based television network uh, via satellite, multiple satellites, and also in Europe and North America. Uh, in in two languages as well. Uh, This has gone out in Arabic and also in English. And the name of the film is Diplomatic Viruses. And this is uh, basically produced, directed by Diliana Gaitiniera. who's an investigative journalist, and you're familiar with her work. Uh, She's done some great reporting uh, over the last couple of years. One of the big stories that she broke uh, was the weapons trafficking from NATO member states into Syria, And uh, she actually got fired from her job with a major newspaper uh, in Bulgaria, one of the major newspapers, uh, because of that, under pressure from, it looks like, U.S. authorities. And then now she's been investigating the biological weapons research and what seems to be bioweapons or weaponized uh, viruses, this sort of area, in terms of U.S. offshore facilities in the former Soviet republics. She's joining us on the line now. Hello, Diliana.
0: Hello, good evening Mike and Patrick. I want to thank uh, you personally uh, because you took part in uh, this documentary and you were my support all the way through this heavy process and uh, you are the uh, creative consultant of this production and the narrator and I want to to thank you to say uh, that you did a great job because uh, you helped me to put everything into (laughs) the story that uh, I presented to um, your viewers as as well a few weeks ago. Thank you so much again.
1: No, thanks. Uh, thanks, I appreciate that, Deliana. I mean, I, I was already familiar with this story, so I had seen the background research that you published. So I, I, knew, I knew that you had a real story here, and I'm, I was very glad to, that you, you asked me to, to be involved in your project. And I, I think the, uh, I think it's a good, it's a good film. Uh, certainly, it's, it's, it's created quite an impact, Deliana, for a 30 minute documentary. Uh, did you? I mean did you did you imagine the how how much of an impact this film would have
0: uh, no, no, no! I didn't. I remember when I was in Tbilisi, my first visit to Tbilisi, and I was about to be arrested, and I by the local authorities and by the security guards of this uh, laboratory, and I texted uh, you if you remember, and I uh, asked you for help. And um, luckily, I I wasn't arrested. I just was. Um, interrogated my video was deleted and uh, luckily nothing bad uh, happened but um, I didn't expect uh, that this documentary would attract uh, such uh, international attention because uh, uh, it's very hard to fight literally to fight with uh, the western media narrative that anything that is Against the US government. I mean, any investigation that comes from uh, independent journalists uh, must be um, treated as uh, pro Russian propaganda. After this uh, documentary was uh, broadcast by Al Maidin in Arabic and in English. Uh, Russian journalists uh, of course contacted me because this uh, bio-laboratory is uh, in Georgia uh, uh, and it concerns Russia as well because it is on the doorstep of Russia and many of the projects are um, related to research on Russian strain of viruses, bacteria and uh, other deadly pathogens. So they contacted me and they interviewed me and I appeared on uh, um, Russian TV channels. Uh, Afterwards, I was accused of some Western journalists that I'm part of uh, somehow covert Russian operation against the West, disinformation or whatever, simply because I talk to Russian journalists. And it uh, seems that if we talk to Russian journalists, we commit crime i'm um, i am speechless i don't know what to say uh, if you give interview to an american journalist it's perfectly fine if you give interview to a russian journalist you are treated like a propagandist or a criminal or whatever my country borders on russia i come from bulgaria my country borders on black sea which borders on russia and my country also borders on georgia On Black Sea, which borders on uh, uh, Georgia. So I'm uh, in this region and uh, nobody can uh, uh, prohibit me or ban me as independent journalist to talk to whoever I want. Because this is my job to provide different point of views.
1: Yes, and uh, I think you brought up a point that we were actually discussing at the beginning of this program today. uh, That any alternative narratives are basically being labeled as uh, you know, russian propaganda or russian disinformation this is how the west is 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 basically trying to separate information uh, that's coming out so, so if you are asked by a western media outlet to come on and you have been asked to 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 comment what normally they they come straight out uh, even Accusing you in the interview questions beforehand. This has happened to to me and Vanessa Beeli as well, and Eva Bartlett and other independent journalists. But this has also happened to you, Diliana. So, so if you give U.S. journalists uh, uh, interviews with them, uh, they're going to basically interrogate you. And the first question they'll ask you, Diliana, is why are you uh, spreading Russian disinformation? I yeah. mean, it's a- so yeah. they're not interested, uh, is, has anybody refuted any of the the facts or any of the actual reporting, the contents of your report? Has anybody actually challenged any of the points that you have presented?
0: No, nobody ch- challenged the facts and the documents because I published and uh, this documentary featured uh, a lot of... Uh, documents Um, many of them were confidential correspondence between the pentagon and the georgian ministry of health Um, this documentary featured uh, a a huge amount of uh, documents really hundreds of thousands of documents that were leaked to me because i went to georgia twice and you know uh, how much time i spent on this uh, documentary probably few months or uh, to be precise six months so uh, I got uh, a source uh, from the Georgian ministry I don't want to go into detail but I had a source uh, from the Georgian government so I uh, fully trust uh, uh, and of course I verified this information that was leaked to me Anyway, I published all this in the public domain, and all my investigation has been uh, is based in on um, facts and documents. Nobody challenged these facts. Nobody challenged these documents. What uh, they try to challenge somehow, but they can't. Uh, is who I am and who pays me and why I started to investigate uh, this bio-laboratory because as if I'm not supposed to investigate a secret military bio-laboratory in a neighboring country to my country. I'm not supposed to investigate uh, something so uh, secretive and dangerous which also uh, can pose a threat to my country. But I'm not supposed to investigate this. So, for anybody who wants uh, to put the same question to me who pays me? This uh, investigation, this documentary was broadcast by Al TV channel. This is a Lebanese uh, TV channel. It is uh, probably one of the most uh, watched uh, uh, TV channels in the Arab world. And they have uh, viewership uh, of about uh, uh, 100 millions, uh, depending on uh, the prime time and the program. So this is uh, from where I took money for this documentary about. Uh, the other question that I received from American journalists uh, why I took interest in this story. I'm a Middle East correspondent, I'm a war correspondent, and I have been covering the Syrian war almost uh, since its beginning. So, uh, while investigating the weapons supplies to Syria and all Pentagon military program in the Middle East, and especially I investigated and I showed many times that foreigners from around the world um, uh, were simultaneously uh, sent to Syria. So I trace back from which countries and from where these terrorists came and Georgia was one of the countries where supposedly uh, was located one of the training camps for terrorists. And that is how I got the information that uh, This wasn't the only military program of the Pentagon in Georgia. There were another military program involving biological research on uh, deadly viruses, bacteria and toxins. This is how I uh, started this investigation, simply because this is my job. I'm an investigative journalist and I live in this area. My country is Bulgaria, while uh, I can uh, give another example. Can this American journalist who put me these questions explain to their viewers or readers what is their job in Georgia? Georgia is such a small country, and this is a country that doesn't produce um, international news or doesn't attract international attention because it is so small and it is located uh, uh, in um, a relatively quiet uh, part of the world, but this country borders on Russia and uh, it, is, um, it has uh, separate uh, diplomatic relations with Russia and they have border issues for uh, South Ossetia and Abkhazia. That is why this country is very important for these American journalists. And they moved from the United States to live in uh, Georgia. But uh, nobody asks them what they were doing in Georgia. From the other part of the uh, world, they moved to, to Georgia. What they are doing there. I asked them. Uh, they didn't answer. So um, this is, uh, in short, uh, my response to anybody who wants to know who I am and who pays me and uh, why I am investigating Pentagon laboratories.
1: Okay, and yeah, that, thank you for all that background. I think that should give people a good picture of you know where you're coming from on this. But uh, in terms of the film itself, Diliana, uh, in terms of the film itself, so you've uncovered a, a, quite a few. For those who haven't watched the film, I'll just give give a few of the points. And I'll let you uh, kind of explain them. One of them is this quite a serious uh, thing that you've uncovered that uh, you have U.S. contractors at these Pentagon uh, top secret labs located not just in Georgia, in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan and other former Soviet republics uh, who who have diplomatic immunity, basically diplomatic plates, uh, diplomatic passports, I would imagine. Uh, and they're not diplomats. They're they're working on a bio, biological secret biological research project dealing with some serious uh, pathogens, uh, basically. And and that's I think this is where your story begins. Uh, and that's where this th- this level of shrouded in secrecy. Uh, is is something that maybe the Georgians or some citizens are worried about, you know, what's going on in my neighborhood. It's not a very big country. You spoke to some of the residents there. Certainly they must be concerned about this program. Uh, but let's start from there. I mean, uh, go ahead, Diliana.
0: Yes, I was, uh, very surprised to say the least uh, when I saw and filmed uh, diplomatic vehicles and the car park of uh, the Luger Center this is the name of the Pentagon funded laboratory in uh, the Republic of Georgia there were 6 diplomatic vehicles with registration plates of the US Embassy in the car park of um, the Luger Center so I waited to see and to try to Talk to some of these so-called diplomats or the Americans who would uh, uh, get into these the diplomatic vehicles. So I, I luckily I um, noticed uh, one of these so-called diplomats uh, he got into one of the diplomatic cars and i stopped him and i presented uh, to him uh, who i was uh, what i was doing and i asked him uh, why uh, he draw, He was driving a diplomatic car and what he was doing in the Lugas Center, he flatly denied. He said that he uh, didn't work at the Lugas Center, but according to documents that were leaked to me, his name appears in uh, these leaked documents and um, he uh, does work at the Lugas Center. He's the deputy director of the Uh, this medical research uh, unit of the Pentagon in Georgia and according to leaked correspondence between the Pentagon and uh, the Georgian Health Ministry so I have no idea why would an American scientist or to be precise entomologist, somebody who uh, uh, researches uh, insects as possible vectors of diseases why would he be given diplomatic immunity to research insects and viruses and also why would he lie about his uh, job or his working place but uh, when uh, i uh, inspected all the documents and read all the information uh, that was leaked to me i got an answer why because this diplomatic cover provides um, good opportunity for these military scientists um, to for example uh, transport viruses, bacteria, and toxins as diplomatic cargo to the US embassy. Uh, diplomatic cargo shipments are exempt of checks, inspections, and taxes, and the Georgian authorities have no control over the military activities of these so called diplomats uh, working inside this military biolaboratory. The official position of the Georgian government is that they are under. Uh, the control of Georgia, this military facility is under their control. This is not true because according to the documents, uh, the Pentagon pays for this military bi- bi- laboratory They have uh, secret zones, uh, classified zones that are accessible only to American citizens with security clearance and furthermore, as you mentioned, private Pentagon contractors have been working inside this military facility and one of these um, Pentagon contractors, private companies, also is involved in uh, border security projects. Again, Pentagon-funded uh, border security project, uh, which concerns uh, the Georgian uh, borders, and uh, the question is why a private com- why would a private company work in a military biolaboratory and at the same time on uh, the Georgian border with Russia. Uh, Local citizens from Chechnya, this is um, a Russian uh, Republic from the Russian uh, Federation, sent me a video uh, and this video was surprising because uh, local citizens in a village um, in Chechnya near the Georgian border filmed how white powder had covered their cars. Everything was covered with uh, white powder, unknown substance, and they didn't know how and how to protect themselves because they reported on a drone um, dispersing white powder. This drone uh, came from Georgia. Of course, Georgian authorities didn't want to answer my questions uh, about, and they didn't comment on this incident.
1: Wow, and 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 also. In, in this investigation, uh, is it true, and this is one of the things that you reported in this film, an outbreak of Congo hemorrhagic fever, which which I assume is not um, native to this part of the world, uh, it, it, there's instances of that plus other outbreaks of other uh, pathogen sort of viruses or people getting sick. Uh, just explain what you found in this in this area?
0: What I found uh, uh, yet again. I want to stress some. Um, uh, all that information is based on uh, leaked uh, correspondence uh, between the Georgian Minister of Health uh, and employees of uh, the Luga center. So uh, they cover up this information from the general public. But according to their correspondence. Um, a total of 60 cases with 9, nine fatalities have been registered uh, in Georgia since uh, the start of this military program. And um, what is very worrying is that uh, uh, naturally this disease uh, appears uh, through a bite uh, of a tick but. According to the investigation carried out by the local veterinary services, uh, uh, only one tick from all the infected villages in Georgia tested positive for the disease and uh, not a single blood sample from the animals in these affected villages tested positive, meaning that the spread of this disease wasn't natural. Uh, of course, uh, this information has been covered up and uh, uh, people don't know the truth. They, uh, to be honest, even people in Georgia, they didn't know that such laboratory existed. When I every time when I took a taxi and every time when I said to the taxi driver uh, the name of the laboratory, the Luger Center and the address, they did not know where this was. It is secretive. Locals uh, don't know. Uh, anything about the existence of uh, this lab uh, laboratory, and um, also what is very really very scare, uh, uh frightening, and uh, to be honest, I was scared when I read the documents. There's an American patent uh, involving a drone for dispersal of uh, toxic mosquitoes. It is called uh, um, s- simply. It is called. Uh, um, to be precise, Toxic Mosquito Aerial Release System, and I tried to uh, contact uh, the inventor of this uh, Toxic Mosquito Aerial Release System, and it turned out that such a person with such a name uh, doesn't exist in the United States, it was a pseudonym. This uh, inventor or a person with such name ha- has patented uh, uh, 20, uh, 42 patents uh, for the U.S. Army and uh, U.S. Uh, Special Forces. All of them were uh, uh, somehow... Uh, uh, or. Uh, they could be used uh, as uh, bioweapons or weapons uh, with a possible dual use. Uh, One of these was this uh, drone for dispersing of uh, toxic mosquitoes. There was another invention, um, uh, stroke-inducing bullets, and uh, I contacted the lawyer of uh, this unexisting person and he refused to give uh, any information, so uh, basically this, uh, this is a scheme uh, that uh, is used uh, to cover up the real identity and uh, the real use of such weapons. In this case, these are biological weapons and uh, what uh, locals from Chechnya sent to me this video showing uh, the drone dispersing white powder uh, this must be sent to international organizations to inspect and to check because it's very worrying if somebody is in possession of such biological weapons or drones that can disperse either toxic mosquitoes or white powder unknown substances This is really of concern and must be investigated. That is why the Russian Ministry of Defense announced a few days ago that they would um, insist on the United States to respond on what projects um, uh, U.S. uh, diplomats uh, have been uh, carrying out uh, and working on at the Luga Center in Georgia.
1: Yeah, and also, uh, and also, Deliana, the uh, the, the development of the genetically modified insects that are, are resistant—in other words, they could—I don't know if I got this correct in your research, but could be sort of carriers but not infected by the, the pathogen they're carrying. Or well, there's there is some research involving GMO insects as well uh, in some related programs
0: this is um, a special pentagon project called uh, insect allies and i uh, published uh, information about this project uh, in january 2018 uh, i mean in january of this year and when i published this nobody believed me i mean people thought that it is. it was like science fiction. How is that possible that the U.S. Army would uh, invest uh, at least $65 million uh, in uh, gene editing of insects and viruses? And how is that possible? It is possible because a few days ago scientists... Uh, Provided scientific evidence that uh, such GM insects uh, that can uh, um, transmit GM viruses uh, are actually a component of a possible biological weapon. And these are Western scientists, these are scientists from Germany and um, France. So they are uh, Western scientists and they are worried about uh, the possibility of uh, the United States developing uh, very dangerous biological weapons.
1: Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into some more detail, um, hopefully, on the UK Column Live News uh, tomorrow, Monday. Uh, and we'll hopefully have Diliana on for a video segment tomorrow, if you're going to tune into the UK Column News at uh, 1 p.m. UK time. Um, th- th- there's actually an industry behind this. And some of this is developed through the agricultural industry. We're talking about agricultural genetic technologies. uh, And some stories have come out recently kind of in a way blowing the whistle on this, uh, targeting species chromosomes for genetic modification. And this is being done through DARPA, uh, the U.S. uh, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. A lot of people are familiar with DARPA's work, which goes right across the board through technology and science. Uh, and by the way, this is from Science Magazine <laughs> this month. So this is a this has been fairly mainstream, Diliana. I was surprised to see this story pop up in in the in the U.S. media, Diliana. It seems like they it seems like you and Science Magazine are on the same page. Actually, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you had a chance to look at their report yet, but uh, in Gizmodo, the technology website, uh, ran a, another version of this story this week. But uh, I see a lot of crossover here, Diliana, uh, with, with DARPA.
0: This is something that can only um, make me feel very glad that in the end uh, people start to realize uh, the gravity of this worldwide American program because uh, there are 25 uh, at least 25 bio-laboratories across the world, funded by the Pentagon, and um, uh, people must uh, insist on their governments to either close these military facilities or to open them for the general public, because uh, now, uh, no matter what the Georgian government uh, says, Inside the Luga Center, there is an American secretive biolaboratory, according to these leaked documents, and it is in full control of the Pentagon, and only uh, American citizens with security clearance can access this um, biolaboratory. It is called Walter Reed's Army Institute of Research uh, Laboratory. And... what is uh, said in this story is that uh, these are not only speculations. Um, we are talking about uh, documents that uh, raises the question about uh, at least 100 death cases in Georgia. Russia uh, provided uh, information, the Russian Ministry of Defense provided information about uh, possible use of um, Toxin or biological weapon uh, on 100 uh, Georgians. Um, I also got such information in the documents uh, from the Ministry of Health of Georgia and um, This is according to the, the, the leaked emails uh, another American project on hepatitis C in Georgia including cases of death um, It is uh, this pilot study, American study, is designated as confidential information. I don't know why. What is so confidential? If it is for the benefit of Georgian people, why is it confidential? Anyway, um, but uh, this is... Uh, uh, and uh, this uh, study is based on agreement between the, the, between the Ministry of Health of Georgia and uh, the US Center for Disease Control and a private American pharmaceutical company called Gilead. Uh, according to this agreement, the American side provides free medicines for hepatitis C treatment. In exchange, the private American company cannot be held accounta- accountable for any damage intentional or not which may result from the program. This is uh, what the Georgian government uh, has signed and uh, the result is uh, very const- uh, very worrying. 100 death cases uh, most of them uh, only in the span of just one month. This is what uh, the Russian Ministry of Defense explains uh, as a possible use of biological weapon on unwitting Georgian patients. They uh, raise the question if this is somehow disguised as um, medicine against hepatitis C but is in practice something else. I don't comment on that. I comment on the fact There are 100 death cases, most of them happened in a span of just one month and uh, it is very worrying because uh, nobody uh, has investigated these death cases simply because according to the agreement with uh, the US Center for Disease Control and the private American pharmaceutical company, they cannot be held accountable and they cannot be prosecuted if any deaths Uh, results uh, from the project. And interesting is uh, that one of the main shareholders in this company, private American company, is uh, the former Minister of Defense of the United States, uh, Donald Rumsfeld. So, there are many interesting facts that must be presented to the public and people must know the truth. They have been used as laboratory rabbits. And uh, it is sad because Georgia is a very poor country and many of the local people can't afford even to buy, uh, they can't afford to, to buy simple uh, essential goods. What about uh, expensive uh, medicines uh, for treatment of hepatitis, see? And they, they are used as laboratory rabbits because they are very poor, that's the sad truth.
1: This isn't the first time I've this this plot this story that Deliana has just described. This has played out in Africa. This has played out in India, where local populations are being used as uh, test, uh, let's say test test demographics for uh, maybe and sometimes experimental uh, big pharma drugs. Uh, if anybody has seen the film The Constant Gardener, uh, starring uh, I think it was Ralph Fiennes. And uh, the plot is basically about that. It's about uh, uh, they had a a drug they were using on the Kenyan population. I think it was a tuberculosis uh, drug, and it was a fraudulent testing being done on the population. This was based on uh, what looks like based on a true story, but this is a story that has uh, repeated itself uh, across many poor populations across the, the world throughout the 20th century. Uh, up until today it could very well be that what Diliana has uh, reported here is just another version so the the test bed is no longer just africa uh the test bed is now eastern europe it's it's eurasia it's 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 these countries on the the periphery of of the russian federation but but what i want to ask you mike is you know what's what's described here i know there's there's all of this talk in the media about chemical weapons and you know almost like Diliana said it, a lot of people would would view this bioweapons subject as as almost science fiction mike and and it is science fiction to a lot of us if you know we we, we would fear biological weapons would be the most feared of 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 any uh, weapon because it's uh, invisible in 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 many senses it's a silent killer uh, as a as a step up from chemical weapons which is seen as the the evil sort of big threat of the last thirty years and we find out that it hasn't really been much of a threat compared to other conventional uh, threats but uh, but but so we we're told that there's the secret Novichok program it's a Soviet era. Uh, chemical weapon uh, 10 times the strength of vs nerve gas and this is what we should be afraid of and so that that to me is science fiction what we're seeing here seems like science fiction because public hasn't been exposed to it but there's more reality grounded in Diliana's investigation than in the script al official narrative that's I mean, how are you looking at this? Because it is a frightening thing, biological weapons, but there's very little existing uh, talk about it or reporting.
2: Um, uh, look, you're, you're talking about experimentation going on in other countries in Africa and so on. This type of experimentation has gone on in this country. There's been aerial spraying in parts of this country in the 1960s, 1950s, From port, and, 90s, port and down. From port and down. But, but uh, you know, so... so there has been experimentation on our own populations mm-hmm. over the decades um, since the Second World War, so it's not something that they can just say is is a wartime. The First measure.
1: World War, actually, since the First World War,
2: yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. So, so uh, this is not a far-fetched scenario that we're discussing at the moment, uh, and anybody that suggests it is, uh, I think, it, I think is is falling into the trap of of they wouldn't do that, would they? Well, I'm sorry, they have done it in the past. I'd see no reason why they're not doing it at the moment. And the other thing that I would just say on this is that at the start of the program, Patrick, we were talking about how uh, what government in the West, the British and the Americans, do very strongly is that they project onto others what they're doing themselves. So in the case of uh, alternative narratives, they accuse people presenting alternative narratives as presenting something which is not fact based, when in fact the mainstream narrative is the narrative which is not fact based because they never provide the evidence for the claims that they make. Um, this is exactly the same thing. We have this Novichok thing. Uh, we have the uh, and and in my opinion, if if a government is shouting at another government and saying you're you're pursuing a a, a biological or a or a, a chemical weapons program. Uh, when it when and, and requiring them to deny or pr- provide evidence that they're not well, you can't prove a negative, can you? No. Right. But but what that says to me is this is a diversionary tactic. They are trying to keep all the pressure, everybody looking in this direction. It's all over there, while in fact they are running these little operations around the world, which Dariana has has exposed. I think uh, we we see a parallels here uh, you know we are protesting too much uh, and uh, in fact it's, it's us that's really pursuing some pretty dark programs at the moment we need to be uh, we need to be asking some very serious questions
1: absolutely you know and 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 i'll just and and with this and i am going to hand it back to Diliana for the closing remarks but everything that we know let's say about the israeli nuclear weapons program that was a whistleblower from inside mordecai vanunu he was then imprisoned and put under house arrest for 20-odd years uh, in the U.S. Uh, a lot of the U.S. programs has been whistleblowers, okay? Same with Britain, same across Europe. So throughout history, we, have, in order to get transparency and disclosure, have relied on people from the inside to, to blow the whistle on some of these programs to make them public, and in, in that way that has increased public safety, not decreased public safety. Uh, i think that's a fair that's a fair assessment right of of how the process should work
2: yes but in the past the mainstream media has been there to give those people a voice mm-hmm. and now the mainstream media is no longer there for them uh, and in fact the mainstream media is doing everything it can to shut down the voice of whistleblowers so it's work from people like diliana that is is the only uh, way that this type of information or WikiLeaks or some of these types of organizations is, is the only on us to a certain degree is the only way that that we can get this or we can see this information getting a public airing. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. Uh, that, that uh, any attempt to, to monopolize the narrative, any attempt to have, a, to have a rapid response mechanism where all the G7 countries are all following the same narrative and all following the same blame attribution, this is such a dangerous position to be in. And we've got to fight this as hard as we possibly can.
1: Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, my last point is, if there is a serious pathologic, pathogen outbreak, you need the whole international community cooperating in terms of managing that and and making sure that it is doesn't spread and it is not serious that doesn't mean excluding certain countries from the conversation or to, or, or collective security arrangements and agreements and and long running programs of cooperation they had better cooperation during the ussr period between the west on some of these issues especially nuclear uh, non-proliferation, non-prolifer- and also anti-ballistic middle- missile treaties across the board. Okay, That's not happening now. That's extremely dangerous. What they're attempting to do by balkanizing these issues and these countries on these issues is hugely dangerous. And because there's no fourth estate there to challenge it, no, to, to provide platforms for whistleblowers, instead the mainstream media is attacking whistleblowing organizations, people should wake up, realize what's going on. This is a big problem
0: and also mainstream media uh, is attacking uh, the the same journalists uh, that uh, uh, report on these stories, I can give an example if we have just a few seconds to explain Uh, if you remember, uh, because I was very angry when uh, I uh, read that BBC accused me of being um, again a Russian propagandist Uh, why? because I reported on um, Uh, chemical tests that were performed in 2013 by scientists from Portendown on the London Underground. And BBC, the BBC journalist, uh, confirmed that such uh, tests did happen on the London Underground, Uh, but uh, he uh, said that uh, they were in the air. And the aim of these chemical tests on the London Underground were to test um, dispersal of possible bioagents or uh, what would happen if a bioterror attack uh, happens on the London Underground. But uh, the truth is that uh, according to these documents, the same experiments were on uh, commuters. But the BBC journalist uh, wrote um, that I lied because commuters, according to him, don't breathe air. They don't inhale the air, which is uh, full of these chemicals. And how can you imagine that a journalist would challenge another journalist about? Facts and documents instead of challenging their own government, instead of asking Porton Down what these chemicals were, what the aim of this experiment uh, was, were these people informed about uh, the possible side effects of exposure to such chemicals? No, he was um, uh, told to write an article against me because, (laughs) and because he didn't know how to do it, he uh, he presented himself as a super ignorant person writing that people don't breathe according to him. That's very sad, and uh, I um, I'm very thankful to journalists uh, like you and uh, I mean you, Patrick and Mike, because uh, thanks to you, um, this investigation in this story. Um, comes to uh, people in the West. I'm very thankful to you personally for your contribution and uh, support uh, all the time over this six months while I was preparing the documentary on Georgia.
1: No, you're you're, you're very welcome, Diliana. And this is also a story that's uh, ongoing. Uh, The research is, is ongoing. Obviously, this is a big story. Uh, it's not going to go away. This is something that, that really needs airing, uh, and and I think you'll be following up on this. I know you're doing more research as well. This story is uh, stories taking you to other areas, and you're learning more about this, so we're, we'll look forward to seeing your work on this in the future. So we'll, we'll talk more uh, tomorrow uh, live on the UK Column News. I'm looking forward to that uh, segment, uh, Diliana. But in the meantime, if you haven't seen the film, there's a link up on the show page right now Diplomatic Viruses, 30 minute documentary, uh, and also a link to Diliana's uh, website, uh, diliana.bg. Uh, you're one of the few people, Diliana, you've got your own website with your own name as the, as the URL. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's amazing that you managed to do that. Um, I want to
0: apologize that I didn't uh, include my surname, but my surname is like hundred uh, letters and people can't uh, uh, can't remember my surname, so I just use my first name. For it's
1: great, it's Diliana.bg, easy to remember, and you can go there to get excellent reporting. Uh, at her her website which is fantastic uh, so you can check the, the films up there as well if you want to see uh, the film up there but it's also on uh, 21wire.tv uh, on our other website so but uh, thank you again for your time uh, Diliana this is such an important story and we're we're glad that uh, we had time to, to talk about it this week
0: Thank you for having me and a big thank you to all your viewers and listeners and have a good night
1: Thank you. There she goes. Diliana Getaneda from Sofia, Bulgaria. Fantastic investigative journalist. She's doing important work. Uh, so do check her work out. Do share it and do do support what she's doing. We're going to take a short break and we're going to connect our next guest. Uh, we're really looking forward to this conversation. We're talking about another WMD issue. This is chemical weapons in Syria with uh, a top researcher, Uh, Subrata Gushroy is going to join us on the other side. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. I'm here in studio with Mike Robinson, editor of the UK column. This is the Sunday Wire, and we'll be back after these messages.